Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and J. Show 94. Here we go again. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. You there? And I'm Jake. I'm sorry, I had on mute. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to CBUS, and we are talking Larry O'Brien Trophy. The Cavs finally won a game in Toronto and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals, as you heard in the sound. Um, show 94, Cavs Raptors. Cavs Warriors preview, deja vu all over again, Jake. Um, we know in this podcast we're going to talk about how the Cavs reached the finals, so look back. Um, then, you know, of course, getting to the keys of the game, the matchups, um, some, some things that, you know, of course, are always are hidden, you know, uh, statements. Um, to combat some of the overwhelming Warriors honk talk that you hear out there. I mean, why even play for Larry O'Brien if the Warriors are just going to win it, according to every other <laughs> talking head? Um, and then get into the keys to the game and, of course, uh, our, our predictions, which, I mean, let's just say this. We're not going with anything that is water-related. So, uh, But let, let's get to the first thing. I think uh, what we saw after the Cavs beat the Raptors, and we're going to talk a little bit about that series, um, but just the what we saw the aftermath, we saw a little bit of an emotional release from a team, which not that it was so much pressure, but um, I think they finally have found a way to enjoy this moment. It's kind of what David Griffin was talking about. Um, the whole organization seems to be on one accord. And, I mean, it's always easy to do that with winning, but, I mean, you saw LeBron almost get choked up. I mean, just the emotion that you saw being shared by that team, uh, has to give you a good feeling if you're a Cavs fan going into this NBA Finals. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a little bit more appreciation this year. Uh, if for no other reason, they all did it together. Uh, I think the health of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving all the way through, uh, this is what they envisioned, I think, when they put all this together. It's, this is the team. This is how it's going to play. And I think there was a little bit of relief there to say, you know what, we, we were able to get here uh, as a unit, and now let's go take care of business. So we look back at this road that the Cavs uh, took to get back to the NBA Finals. Um, we know they had the series against Detroit where Reggie Jackson thought he was not getting the calls. He wanted and Stanley Johnson thought he was in LeBron's head. Um, <laughs> we, we go to the ATL where Paul Millsap, you know, thought they had the Cavs figured out. And Jeff Teague, after hitting one three in game one or two, I can't even remember that was, said not again this year. And they were they were 
quite quickly swept after that, after the Cavs just bombed threes from every which angle. Um, and then in this Toronto series, we saw Kyle Lowry go from decompressing to uh, almost NBA Jam-type player in games, you know, three and four back in Toronto. Uh, what do you think about this role? What have we learned? I mean, we talked about that a little bit as we went from series to series, but as we see now, we talked about the emotional release and being together, but what else have we learned about this Cleveland Cavaliers team? Well, don't let Kyle Lowry off the hook for saying that LeBron is probably one of the best players in the NBA after Steph Curry. Um, I, I think the I think what we've learned about this team so far um, is well. The first thing I've learned is this team really does go as Kevin Love goes, and uh, they 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 get him involved, and sometimes to the detriment of the team almost to get him involved, um, and. Uh, it, it's amazing how key he is to the success of this team because when all three guys, when the big three score 20 points, you don't get beat. And generally, LeBron and Kyrie are going to get their 20. So it's on that other guy. Uh, so I, I think as we go forward here in this series, uh, he's going to Kevin Love is going to play a huge, huge role uh, going to determine whether we win or lose. Um, I think the other things that we've seen through this series is uh, J.R. Smith maturing, <laughs> if you can say that, uh, becoming a, a team player first, which is something that we just haven't seen from him uh, until he got to Cleveland. And um, I, I think we see a team that's learning under a new head coach, learning how to how to win and uh, how to make adjustments and how to uh, – do the little things together as a team. And uh, Tyrone Liu, you, you can't say enough for the job that he's done in probably one of the toughest situations a coach could step into. Absolutely. And that, that's what you're talking about. When the Cavs score 20, when the big three score 20, Kyrie and uh, Kevin Love and LeBron James score 20, they're 6-0 and in the playoffs. So, um, And they're, they're, they won, uh, you know, they're coming up against, you know everything. Everybody's naysaying them. Every uh, you know, I I I I punish myself. You know, I'm just going to be honest because I like to get information. I just like to take a part of what everybody else is feeling. And I mean, just about everything I listen to today, I listen to straight out of Oakland uh, radio, sports talk radio. I mean, I listen to a couple podcasts and things like that. Everybody's picking the Warriors. People see no way the Cavs that that can win. Um, they're not looking at the road that the Cavs traveled. They think the East is so weak. But now they're still looking at the same team that was there last year and what we're talking about, you know, we're talking about getting Kevin Love involved early and getting him, you know, to get his points and whatnot. This is a different Cavaliers team when they do that. So um, I think people are going to be in a rude awakening for this Cavs-Warriors series if we move forward. The other thing is, Jake, we're going to have to go through 48 hours of hype um, here and uh, until this game is tipped off, listen to how this is the greatest team to ever touch a basketball since James Naismith put a peach basket up in Kansas. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm going to tell you like this. This is one of the most overrated basketball teams of all time. They're, they try to be the fake tough team. Uh, they get a lot of calls from the refs. Now, I will tell you this. They're one of the greatest shooting teams of all time. I will give them that. But when it comes to everything else, they have a system that the NBA really hasn't caught up to. Some teams did, but they have such internal problems, as we saw with OKC, that it's not like the Warriors are beating these teams. These teams are almost beating themselves. Uh, and you could call it a choke job, whatever you did, but the series with Oklahoma City, for a team to be up 3-1 and then just 
self-destruct the way they did. Um, you, you really, yeah, the, the Warriors showed a little steeliness to stay around, but if it wasn't for Clay Thompson, this team would have been, you know, fishing off the Bay Bridge. Well, I got to get the Devils due as well. As hard as I've been on Steph Curry, he was phenomenal in those last three games. But to your point, you know, it, it, after game five was over, or after, I'm sorry, after game four was over and they're down 3-1, everybody was bailing on on the Warriors. Nobody was picking the Warriors to win that series. It's just mind-boggling how quickly uh, the the narrative changes in the media so quickly and how we crown one team and and bury another team. Uh, it, it really is uh, just a bunch of overreacting, and you just kind of got to cut through the bullshit and, and find out what the truth is. And the truth is, that this Cavaliers team is as dangerous as any team in the NBA. I don't care if they play in the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, on the moon, anywhere. They have the best player in the NBA, hands down, and now they've got the supporting cast around him to take it, take this team to the next level. Let's not forget, Golden State was completely healthy last year. The Cavs, very shorthanded, took them to six games. What do we do this year? Well, let's see what happens. Well, I just want to revisit that shorthandedness real quick because let's think about this. And you you loved them. I hated them. Uh, you look at that bench last year. Joe Harris, no game Joe Harris on that bench. I don't love Hayward. Joe Harris. Get out of here. That's putting that I on just, me. I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brendan Haywood, uh, Mike Miller gave you a couple minutes, um, Sean Marion. And then you think about the guys that were out. Barajal was out. Love was out. And then after game one, Tyree was out. So you think about Miles Scott Smith, Chump and Deli stepped up with LeBron James having 40. I mean, everybody's been tweeting out his stats from last year. And this is the thing that kills me, too. Echo Dollar is this great LeBron stopper, but the guy had one of the greatest finals uh, right. performances <laughs> every single game. Ever. 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 <laughs> 40, 18, and 12. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who's stopping anybody? But, hey. Um, Andy's a year older. Yeah. And you think about that that roster. They were only playing seven or eight people. Um, Delhi basically exhausted himself. Uh, Don't forget about James Jones. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Champ. Yeah, James Jones actually, yeah, gave minutes and was hitting some three. So I think this team, that that experience has to did well. Even though we got some guys that weren't there able to be on the court, that experience still has to did well for this Cavaliers team. Yeah, and, you know, you could say that all you want that, it's plenty enough motivation to be playing for the NBA championship, but there is definitely something to the revenge factor here that will even Uber focus this Cavaliers team more. And then the more the, the national media piles on Cleveland and how this team doesn't stand a chance against the great jump shooting golden state warriors, that's also going to compound it. I like being the villain. I like being the underdog. If we remember last year, we we dominated when we were the underdog. When we were being doubted, that's when this team came together and put up its best performances. So I'm excited to see how this team does for the first time in these playoffs as the underdog. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's just a little bit of the history with some of the Cavaliers. I mean, we know this is LeBron James' sixth straight NBA Finals this year. We're living under a rock. ESPN has ran that into the ground. It's so good. Um, but the one thing that I thought, and I hadn't even thought about this, this is LeBron James' seven, seventh win as an Eastern Conference champion. So even though he's with six, 
I mean, this is seven times the Eastern Conference champion. I mean, you think about a guy like Richard Jefferson, we talk about motivation. This is 13 years for him between the NBA Finals, and um, Channing Frye spent 11 years in the NBA. So we talk about Love and Kyrie not being there. We know we heard the story about Channing Frye and Richard Jefferson really helping Love bounce back, you know, in that closeout game, in the in game five in Cleveland, and then the closeout game in Toronto. Um, I think that veteran leadership, and this is something that you harp on all the time, and I have to give you credit, we're actually seeing it. So, the, the, and the, the story, they're not hiding it either. So it's not like, oh, well, Kevin Love is just like, oh, I just played better and hit shot, you know, like some NBA player said that. No, he said, hey, those guys got in my ear and they helped me out a lot. So that fragile psyche, whatever's going on with Kevin Love, is, these guys are actually helping him. And like you said, the team is actually coming together right now. Um, and then we know LeBron James. He's played more playoff games than Michael Jordan and tied the great Bill Russell right of, as of right now. So, um, and we think about LeBron James in the playoffs. He's been nothing besides spectacular, but we look at the history that can be made here with the greatest team of all time if he takes them down. Um, he ended the Pistons run, who had went to straight four uh, conference finals, ended the big three, who had won a championship, at, but had been the back-to-back finals with the Boston Celtics. And then, of course, he kept D. Rose, the league MVP, and the big hot thing for the Chicago Bulls, those guys have never even seen the NBA Finals since LeBron James has uh, had his run of straight six straight. So um, I, I don't know what more this guy can do, but I think we're going to get to it here a little bit later in the predictions. And um, I think he has a full team around that he trusts. And I think the bigger thing, you mentioned it briefly, but he has a coach that he can trust. And we've seen Ty Lue mm. put, that, put together that second unit where – not only do they play great defense, but they had that one, and they still lost game four. But you start a fourth quarter, and you get 11 straight layups, and it's not just LeBron dunking on people. It was Delhi. It was Richard Jefferson back cutting. So we've seen offense and defense. And Ty Lue, I mean, we know he's going to have to take it to another level with the adjustments, but uh, I like the position that the Cavs are in, at least trusting their coach, even if the adjustments don't work. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you kind of hit it on the head with uh, the Kevin Love stuff. We're we're seeing a team come together as a team. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not that Kevin Love uh, is so fragile. As much as I think it, he's very hard on himself, and he's a perfectionist, and it almost takes a guy like Channing Fry or Richard Jefferson to bust balls a little bit and lighten up the mood. Uh, it, it, it goes great when Kevin Love's going great, but he, I just feel like he kills himself. When, when things aren't going that way. But as far as LeBron is, I mean, these playoffs to me have been LeBron learning how to play within his other stars on the team and then also play within the role players of this team. Uh, and he's done it very well. We've seen at times where maybe he should have taken over late in the game where he didn't, and he got yelled at for it. But – he did. He made the adjustment the next game, and uh, some games he facilitated at the top of the wing with uh, Damari Terrell on him, and, and then other times it was Kyrie Irving. So I think this whole playoffs was how do we maximize our talent versus different things thrown at us, and we, we've seen that uh, worked out perfectly so far. Absolutely. Now let's get some of those keys to the game here. Uh, I just got – three, um, and, you know, it's funny because we're going to see a lot of threes in this series. Uh, but what you get that, I mean, we saw the Cavs ratchet it up on defense. They're going to need to take that up a notch. So we need defense, defense, defense. Um, 
And with that defense, you know, one of the biggest things, and they did it last year. Tristan Thompson was excellent. That's why he made 82 mil in offseason because he got rebounds, rebounds, rebounds. I think him, Kevin Love, LeBron James, Golden State shoots so many threes, but they, you know, they're not making all of them. So when those balls come off long and whatnot, the Cavs have to get those rebounds. Um, and then it's just the second unit versus the other second unit. Um, we talked about LeBron out there with Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson, Matthew Delavadova, and Shumpert. I mean, those guys being efficient on offense and then locked down on defense, I think they're going to be able to flip that game very easily. And there's three other things I will say is poise, positioning, and power. You know, in an NBA series, you got to position yourself well to win. The Cavs got to take one. They did it last year out in uh, Golden State. Got to take one of these first two games. And then win your games at home, end this thing in five or six, and we're we're all partying down Euclid. And, you know, it has to be said just because this is our podcast and you're probably not going to hear this anywhere else. This Golden State team, you know, you give them their credit. I'll give them their credit as one of the dirtiest teams I've ever seen in NBA history. I mean, this Draymond Green guy has got to play with more things than well-documented, but all of them are constantly trying to be chippy and whatnot. They're like the bully in high school who, you know, uh, flips your ear when a teacher isn't looking, then you turn around and you get in trouble for hitting them back, you know. So it's just one of those things. I I, I do not like this team, um, and I think the Cavs <laughs> just have to play through those kind of things and not – you know, get the screaming at the refs and things like that. Yeah, that's a great point as far as getting into the, the theatrics with the refs. There's obviously times to stand up for yourself and, and the call, and then there's other times to not get caught up in it. Uh, for me, the, the keys to this series are you can't fall in love with the three. You're not going to outrun and outshoot this team. You need to get to the basket. Drive whatever you got to do. Drive and kick for open shots. We got to get to the free throw line and get the whistles blown. You got to make the referees make that call. Um, and then to, big, to piggyback on that, we got to be the more physical team. Just what you said. These guys are the bullies. What do the bullies do when they get punched in the mouth? They generally run away. And I think that will be the same with these Golden State Warriors. I'm not saying be dirty like Draymond Green, but I'm saying you got to be the physical team and let them know that you are the more physical team. And that's got to happen right away. And then finally, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right on the one point, uh, getting to the foul line. Whoever gets to the foul line will be fine. Um, And I think the real key to that is also to getting the two hot shooting guards, you know, Clay and Steph Curry. If you're putting pressure on them on the offensive end to defend and getting them in foul trouble, that team, that rotation takes a different dynamic. It makes Kerr have to make adjustments and put some of the guys on the bench out there. And Livingston, Barbosa, uh, even Ian Clark, you know, has seen time out there. you got to make those guys sit because when they sit, they get cold, they get frustrated, and then they try to come back in and they take quick shots. We've seen it. And that's been one of the reasons that they had such a tough role getting to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads me into my last key is you got to stop play, Tom. You're, you're not going to stop Steph completely. Uh, he's going to do his thing. But Clay Thompson's a guy that you can take out of his game, like you said, being physical with him, getting in his face. Uh, he, he will start forcing threes uh, at some point. So I, I think Clay is the one guy you can key on now, whether you do it with LeBron or Shump or JR or a combination of all three and you throw different things at him. I really think for Golden State, he's the key to their team. Uh, as far as being able to outscore you 
uh, in the long run. Draymond's going to be the facilitator. He's going to be the agitator. Steph's going to do his thing. Clay Thompson is the X factor for them in whether or not they win ball games. Yeah, and I think I, I, I really think LeBron's got to check Clay from the get go. That would be me if I was, you know, making adjustments by Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. Because in the Raptors series, all the Raptors players that were guarded by LeBron, including DeRozan, uh, they shot 34% when he was guarded. So the times that he guarded him and Lowry, um, those guys did not have good airspace to shoot. So, and we know I will give them credit with that. They don't need any airspace. They're, I mean, they're basically out there shooting over uh, eight foot dummies. I mean, I guess in practice at Golden State just arcing the ball up with these rainbow threes. So, um, but LeBron just, you know, has the length. I mean, we saw them bothered by OKC with that length, and I think LeBron could do that to Clay Thompson because that's the thing. If you can stop one of them, you know, I mean, Curry only can, can max out at 50 points. I think he had a 55-point game, maybe a 57-point game this season. But I want to see Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut. I want to see all those guys beat us. If they beat – if they, they're the greatest team ever then, and those guys step up and they all – all of those guys respectively to drop 20-point games, um, you know. But if you do that, you can, you can cut these guys off. And all we're talking about, you know, the key last year we had the same conversation is keeping Golden State under 100 points. If they don't score over 100, they can't win. And we know the Cavs have the firepower to match them, you know. So it's going to be real key that, that second unit defense. And also one of the things that everybody's talking about is Kevin Love and Kyrie being defensive liabilities. But I don't know, maybe I just learned basketball somewhere else that wasn't on this planet all of a sudden. You play defense as a unit on basketball. It's not about being the greatest mm-hmm. one defender. You can have right. Tony Allen out there and still somebody can get beat. You know, like, so, uh, it's I about communicating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've seen that in, in, in flashes with the Cavs. We know they're going to have to raise their level of play, especially on that end, um, to beat the world champions. And, and and that's going to be what it takes. And I think they're ready to take that next step. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I think that defensively, Kyrie is an underrated defense player. Um, Kevin Love has his uh, limitations uh, because of probably his foot speed. But, it, again, it, it's all about switching and making the right switch and uh, communicating through screens and who's got the back door and stuff like that in the NBA these days, there isn't a whole lot of iso ball going to happen in this game unless it involves LeBron James dribbling it out. Absolutely. And other, the last key, or, you know, we talked about everything. I mean, you're only going to hear these things here with an Ohio bias. I mean, you're not going to get it on ESPN or you're not going to get it on Fox Sports. You know, they're all in love with this Warriors run through history as everybody is crowning them. Somebody would keep waking the screen up. Um, but I will tell you this, the Golden State Warriors, the one thing that they have done poorly is turn the ball over. They've had almost double-digit turnovers in every loss and even in some of the wins. So the Cavs have done one thing well during these playoffs, and that's not turn the ball over. So if the Cavs are winning the turnover battle, they're beating them on the boards like they did last year. They got all the healthy guys. Kevin Love's got a rebound too, but get all the healthy guys, and they're giving effort on defense, playing as a unit, communicating, as you said. I mean, let's get to the prediction because I've been holding it in, and I just got to – I almost want to scream it. I mean, I think the Cavs win, I, and I think the Cavs can jump on them early and win this in five or six. So I'm picking the Cavs in five, though. And it might sound crazy wow. if I listen to this podcast, but I don't care because I think the Cavs can win. <laughs> and I think, I think if the series goes longer, it favors Golden State because then they get that belief where they can come back the way that they do. If the Cavs get out on them, if they go up 3-1, I think LeBron and the Cavs find a way to close it out. They won't choke like Oklahoma State City. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm picking the Cavs. Uh, I think they do it in six. I think they do it in front of our home fans at the queue. Uh, Golden State's going to be tough to, to beat out there, but I, I think if there's a game to get it done, it's this game one. Uh, there's definitely going to be a little bit of a letdown after winning game seven. You, you, you just human nature lets you relax a half a breath. And meanwhile, the Cavs, we saw it in this last series against Toronto in the first two games, uh, rest and healthy and healthy legs mean so much in that early these early games. So I think they take game one, and uh, then they finish it off at home in game six. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now, and uh, you got anything else you want to get in there? Because I'm about to end it right now. Yeah, I got one other thing. There is one player that is uh, already being fitted for his ring size. One Anderson Verizal will be getting an NBA championship ring one way or another. Well, that's good for Anderson Verizal. I mean, I would, you got you got you got you I mean, you got to ask if that was really earned, not given, right there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that is given if the Cavs win and he gets one. Well, actually, it's been earned with Anderson if the Cavs win. He, no, he's grandfathered into that thing for getting himself back in the you know being able to some kind of playoff shape considering the injury. So, right. No love lost with the uh, curls. But I will tell you this. This this NBA Finals comes down to one thing, and uh, when the Cavs win, this definitely will be LeBron James, uh, one of his greatest accomplishments, because this will separate legends from champions. And I'm not going to say I coined that line, but I heard it on Sports Talk Radio from a call, and I thought it was a great point. I mean, this will be what takes LeBron James to the next level in the mention. And this will, it, you know, I, I've heard Steph Curry mention with Michael Jordan and, and this, this is by people talking heads. I'm not even going to start naming names because I'm going to get too upset, and I'm going to, we'll be on here all night. But I don't understand how a guy wins one NBA championship all time, uh, and all of a sudden he's greater than Bill Russell, Larry Bird, I mean, Magic Johnson, I mean, LeBron James. I mean, it, uh, listen, the guy is doing a phenomenal job. They've got a great organization out there. They've got a great team. But let's just calm down with, you know, rewriting all the history books of the NBA so far. So I, I just, you know, as a, as, a love, as, as a lover of basketball, I am just disgusted by the coronation of the Prince Curry. Let me ask you this question, and I'm popping it on you, so it's probably not fair, but whose, whose legacy would this impact greater, LeBron's or Steph's? LeBron. LeBron. Because the Warriors and Steph Curry are supposed to win. Everybody's expecting them to win. So it's not, you know, last year was a bigger, last year would even be a bigger win and seen him better. He's a unanimous MVP. The Warriors win 73 games in the regular season. They're supposed to win the championship. LeBron winning it for the city of Cleveland. Yeah, LeBron winning it for the city of Cleveland, taking down the 73 win team. Literally, and it is, it, it's what we've always wanted, but it would be the greatest story by anybody in NBA history. I mean, like, you think about everything that he's been through and what he would come back to and have accomplished, and against one of the so-called great teams of all time, there's nothing that could really touch that. And I think the other part of it, too, is two and four is going to be questioned in the NBA championships. Three and three. I mean, that, that's is nobody's going to question whether or not you've missed opportunities if you're three and three and have played in the last six. So I think it is more important for LeBron to win this for his legacy than it would be for Steph to win it for his. But I think it's more important now, and this is what kind of the vibe I'm getting for the Cavs, and that's why I think you know that it's going to really happen. 
And that's why I said the Cavs in five, because it's not just important to him. He's made it important to every guy in that locker room. All those guys understand, and they're not doing it for the city. They're not. They're doing it for each other in there, and that's good enough for me. So I, I can still dance through the city, through the streets of Cleveland, downtown Cleveland, as we celebrate this parade, ladies and gentlemen. As always, go Cavs. Believe me, all in 216. There's four games to win. This is show 94. This is with an Ohio Bias, the podcast real fans with Eve and Jay. Let's go, Cavs. All right. That's all I got. Okay, cool. I will try to get it up tonight. I'm going to be working seriously. I'm, di- I'm tired of sales. I just worked the 12. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, man. I've got to get it up, even if i got to wake up early in the morning, because, I mean, I'm so tired of hearing this Warriors garbage, this Warriors hype. <laughs> It's it's all it's all it's ESPN too. It's crazy. I, that's what I was that's who I was talking about when I, I said they switched the the narrative real quick after they were burying the Warriors. Now they the Warriors are uh, BPI seventy five percent chance to win the title. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, seventy five percent. Vegas ain't even got those. Like, come on. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, come on, ESPN. You're you're making a mockery of yourself. So, yeah. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, go Cavs. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk again here shortly. Yes, sir. All right, man. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.